Hello, friends. Have you noticed that you can get caught up in consuming content? Or maybe you notice you are hyper, hyper focused on the doing. Empaths, we often consume. And I know because that was me too, soaking up information from all my favorite teachers and mentors. But it wasn't until I started focusing more on the being and embodiment work that the door to massive clarity was finally unlocked. And I no longer got confused about what was my energy versus everybody else's. I was able to become a more clear channel for creation and as a result, transform my life, business, and health. In fact, my meditation and embodiment practice is what helped me have a nearly $40,000 month this past January, see the highest downloaded month of the podcast, and finally release a lot of unnecessary stress. And my clients felt it and saw it in their lives too. It wasn't reading more articles. It wasn't doing more busy work. So I'm inviting you to graduate from the spongy empath consumer into the self-activated sovereign healer. You can take your podcast listening experience from, ooh, I feel seen, heard, and inspired to, holy shit, I actually feel different. My being has shifted. I am the embodiment of the woman I desire to be. The Third Eye Collective is a simple way to upgrade your experience and commit not only to a meditation practice that complements your healing, but also receive personalized coaching so you can be clear on what direct actions to implement into your highest goals. There are two simple ways to get involved at $11 or $22 a month with no commitment. So if this is calling your name, click the link in the show notes to join this amazing and growing community. Welcome to the Uncensored Empath, a place for us to discuss highly sensitive energy, illness, healing, and transformation. My name is Sarah Small, and I'm a life and success coach for empaths who want to create a thriving body, business, and life. Think of this podcast as your no BS guide to navigating life, health, and entrepreneurship. You'll get straight to the point, totally holistic tips from me in real time as I navigate this healing and growth journey right beside you. This is a Soul Fire production. Hello and welcome back. You all loved the last episode, episode 151 on human design. And so I decided to bring another human design expert onto the show. You may want to start with episode 151 if you're brand new to what human design is. We're going to talk about some more of the nuances today with my guest, Victoria Jane. She is a human design coach whose mission is to guide growth-oriented humans to live with less hustle and more flow. And she is passionate about sharing human design with others so they can boldly live their truth. She also has a human design coaching certification for any kind of entrepreneur, coach, or manager who wants to use human design to invite more of that flow into their business, into their life. And you guys, this is something that I have incorporated into the way that I coach my one-on-one clients. And we even have the human design for empath entrepreneurs on online self-guided course that will help you tap into some of these basics if you want a starting point for today. In today's conversation with Victoria, again, we dive more into some of these nuances and what it means to be highly sensitive in relation to the framework of human design. And she's going to be sharing her thoughts and feelings on that. And I will be as well and what it means to be an empath within our human design chart. We'll also be talking about defined versus undefined centers, how we 
we can embody more of our design, how we can use it for powerful manifestation and in our business. And I'm just learning about my incarnation cross. So we'll talk a little bit about that today as well. So if you haven't already pulled your chart, I also recommend you pull your chart. I always get mine just from a free source, which is jovianarchive.com. And you'll just need your name, birthday, time, location, and put that in. You'll be able to pull your whole chart up. And while it may look a little confusing and it may feel like you're a little lost at first, that's why we have these conversations and why I've had these guests on the show so that you can begin to understand more. And of course, there's many different opportunities to book a reading so that you can fully understand what everything on your specific chart means because it is so individual, so unique to you. What I've learned is that if we start to understand this, start to embody this, make some of those tweaks and changes in our life that our whole world can change and we can live in so much more flow, which is something I had been seeking for such a long time. And human design has been at least one of the tools to help me find more of that ease, flow, and balance in my own life. So without further ado, let's start chatting with Victoria. Welcome to the show, Victoria. I'm so glad to have you on. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. So we're going to be chatting all about human design and I'm super excited because, well, first of all, there's so much to know. There is so many details and so many different ways in which we can speak about human design. So I'm excited to have you on to be able to get some questions answered and to dive deeper. But I want to start with just how did you first discover human design? Because I feel like it's something that is becoming a little more mainstream people know what the heck I'm talking about when I say human design now. But I'm curious what led you to human design and what effect specifically has it had on your life? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I discovered human design about three years ago. Um, I've always been into the woo-woo wellness, spiritual stuff. Um, I was going deep into manifestation at the time and found human design first through this lens of like, oh, there's a way to manifest that's either more specific or less specific. And that was kind of my entry point. Mm. But then as soon as I found out, I mean, shortly thereafter, right? Because you enter in your birth info, you pull up your chart. I found out I was a projector and I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. And also I'm so not living like a projector. That makes a lot of sense why, you know, I'm I'm tired and I have health issues and I feel like I'm really struggling and what everybody else seems to be doing totally fine. I, I don't know. It was like, it kind of felt like I was going from black and white to like, seeing in color, like this yeah. extra dimension of how I worked and how the world worked. Mm. So that that really set me on a path to just learning everything that I could because it made sense. It resonated with my experience. Yeah, I so relate. And I'm curious. So I'm also a projector, which I've shared with my community before, but I found that I think I was trying to live more, like forcefully live more as a generator, maybe a manifesting generator. What about you? I mean, generator all the way for uh-huh. sure. So my parents don't know their exact birth times, but I'm pretty sure my mom is a generator just based on how she she acts. Yeah. And then my dad is like a conditioned projector because he he like very much also wanted me to like go for things and put kind of manifestory in that way, like go for things and push. But he was like, everybody knew he took a nap at work every day. Yeah. He would like close his office door and take a nap. So I'm like, mm, that feels very non-sacral to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I my background, you know, before I started sharing human design and doing the coaching work that 
I do was in tech. And so I was in this very fast paced, high energy, people just so excited to be doing the work that they're doing, which is great. And also like loving it in a way that, that I couldn't quite connect with, to be totally mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. I also found that in the more forceful, trying to fit myself into the box of more of what I was seeing in my life as well, like you were saying with your parents, went down a career path that it's not that I, I, I cared about the mission of the organization, but the way, the environment in which w- we were working was so not conducive. And so discovering human design, so many freaking light bulbs just started clicking and going off. And now I'd, I'd say I probably the last year and a half, two years is I've been aware of human design and kind of more self-study, but I've been able to make shifts and changes so that, especially as an entrepreneur, where I do have some flexibility, my schedule, the way in which I work, works in alignment. And I'm curious, because I know you've worked with so many people in regards to their design type, their human design as a whole, what really becomes possible as we start to embody our design versus resist or like we were just sharing almost like live like another type well i think first and foremost using like both of our experiences as a starting point i think a lot of people are just in a lot of struggle and a lot of resistance i know for myself there were physical health issues and i know you have your own health journey as well right so going from that to there's like steps in the journey right so going from that starting point to okay, now I'm going to actually trust how my natural energy works. I'm going to move out of my mind into the like wiser intelligence of my body and make decisions from there instead of overthinking. Because like when I, when I work with say like a, a sacral, like a generator and MG and I ask them, well, what do you feel like you want to do? The answer comes so fast, mm-hmm. but you know, if they were to make a decision in their mind, it might take like hours or days or weeks. So I think there's that first step into just feeling more ease, more alignment, more flow. But it like that, that going from zero to one is really scary for a lot of people, right? Me, myself included, because it's like, well, you're telling me to trust this thing, but I don't have any evidence that it's going to, it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you don't, I didn't, but we take that first tiny step and then it starts to become this like positive cycle. Yeah. Um, and then I certainly don't think that we ever get to this place where we're just like living our design perfectly. And like, that's the destination. It's like much more of a practice, but I do think you can get better at it and it becomes easier. And like, if you're a projector, for example, you get more organic invitations just dropping in of like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't even need to like plan this big strategy to do this thing. Like people are just coming out and like seeing my gifts. And that's when we're, when we're able to really embody our purpose, like whatever type you are or so like, if you're a manifester, for example, and you're really practicing your design, those urges to do something really like inspiring just come through and you do it and you see like the positive impact that it has and there's no like holding back or like keeping yourself small. So, I mean, it'll differ for the, each person based on their design, but I think it's, I know for myself, like I feel the signature, which I'm sure some people are familiar with, like each type has a feeling that they most tap into when they're in flow. And so for projectors, it's a feeling of success for, uh, Uh, generators and MGs, it's a feeling of satisfaction. For reflectors, it's just being so delighted and surprised by life. So all those things can come up. Mm, I love that. This is such a fun framework to play within and to really just deepen your path of self-discovery and understanding ourselves because we are such complex human beings. And 
I've heard a couple HD teachers talk about this and sort of formulated my own thoughts and opinion, I guess, around it. But I'm curious what your thoughts are in how does the highly sensitive or the empath fit into the framework of human design? Yeah, totally. I feel like um, this comes up all the time often around the question of like whether or not you have a defined emotional center. Yeah. Right. So like before I even go to, to the like specific definitions, I want people to just picture it's like, it's like a Venn diagram, right? There's like the general way we use the word empath, which I think is the way you're using it too, which is like people who, and you know, you can jump in on this definition, but I think of it as like people who are sensitive to what others are feeling. I think of it as like the sponge. So you are, you're yes. able to absorb and pick up on that energy around you. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then in human design, it has its own vocabulary, right? So in like technical human design terms, if you're defined emotionally, like, like you are, Sarah, um, you are always feeling your own emotional experience and you're not taking in other people's emotions the same way somebody with an undefined emotional center would, but it doesn't mean you're not empathic in the general sense. Like, of course you are, right? Name of the podcast. So it's like, I think of um, like, there's an overlap, but it's just like, there's, there's different definitions and like what things technically mean in human design. So in mm-hmm. your case, it's like, of course you're human, you can feel things. And I would guess that what allows you part of the way that you can be empathic is that you have felt all of the emotions in your own personal emotional wave. Like that's actually brought you into being able to to sponge things up. I That was kind of the conclusion I came to as well is that if we look at it purely from a perspective of which centers are defined or undefined, then that that could be one way of, of seeing where there's overlap. But I think it, that it's actually bigger than that. And that especially because as empaths and intuitives, not everyone feels it the same way. And so other open centers may, the feeling may come through that center, that undefined center versus uh, our solar plexus, our emotional solar plexus or something. So I am glad that you were on the same page with that because I think there's a lot of different ways to look at how we interpret the world and how we feel the world and how that sensitivity is literally felt within our beings. And I had to giggle because in the form you filled out when you were scheduling uh, this interview to come onto this show, you said that, I think it was like six years ago or something like that, that you would not have identified as a sensitive person except as an insult. And I, I like giggled because I had to relate to that as well, where it was like, I saw my, I still see myself as this like strong, independent woman, like like I'm not like weak or whatever. And the way that that sensitivity used to be, I used to perceive it about myself. And now I see it and I've done episodes on this and been on people's shows and talked about how I absolutely believe that our sensitivity is a strength and is not something to be ashamed of, embarrassed of, so on and so forth. But I'd love to hear more about your personal journey and starting to reframe that so that you can also Mm. see it as strength. Yeah, I will definitely get into that. But I also just want to add another thing to to the topic, which was like digging a little deeper as to why somebody is asking like, oh, am I empath or not based on my chart? Because I think a lot of the time either it's coming up because somebody wants to be told that they are sensitive and they're worried mm-hmm. like, oh, but this this part of my chart's defined so I can't be blah, right? And it's like, that's yeah. not true. To your point, it's like we all experience things. We just have different ways of experiencing them. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you can be an empath with a defined emotional center. You can be an empath without one. Um, doesn't really matter. Like 
the core tenet of human design is like, you are the authority on your own experience. So even if if it doesn't resonate with human design language, like who cares? You know? I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my journey to embracing my sensitivity as a strength. Okay. Well, I guess to start off with, like as a kid, I was very sensitive as often as we all are. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a thing that was shamed. Like if I was upset about something and crying or whatever, like I'd be told like, oh, you're, you're just too sensitive. Like it's not a big deal, you know, get over it. And so I think that kind of set the tone for seeing sensitivity in this shadowy way. Yeah. And also I think because I suppressed that part of myself growing up, but there's always been this seed of being a seeker, I think I then in that pattern put people that I perceived as spiritual, more more spiritual than me on a pedestal and thought mm-hmm. of them as sensitive, but not myself, like that can't be for me. So I think the turning point was really around I like when I started having all of my health issues around my Saturn return. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, I don't seem to be able to just like keep <laughs> I can't like keep pushing myself. Like it seems like I'm getting worn down more so than other people. And I mean, Elaine Aaron's book, it, I think is like a big, a big one for a lot of people, the highly sensitive person. For me, seeing the, like her studies on like, oh, your actual physical nervous system and, um, you know, how about 20% of like any species is always sensitive. Like it's mm-hmm. a, it's just a fact of life. Like things like that really helped me embrace the sensitivity, not just as this like squishy thing that was like a shadowy characteristic, but like, oh, there's like legit value to this. Mm -hmm. So that was a big piece. And then I think just being able to own and step into and explore like that more spiritual seeker part of me and recognizing myself as that too. Mm -hmm. I definitely found in my journey that the physical health issues were very much aligned with the moments when I was living out of alignment and they can be such amazing clues and signs on our, on our path. And I'm curious, I think I saw something on your Instagram about this, but my question is how can being in alignment with your design actually help to amplify intuition and sensitivity in a positive way for growth? Mm, Such a good question. I'm like kind of absorbing that for a sec. Okay. Mm. So when you're in alignment with your design, I think the first thing is it means that we're probably not as stressed out. At least I know that was the case for me, right? Like instead of taking, if we have a certain amount of energy, instead of taking it and like trying to, I don't know, push like a rock up a hill, now we're like moving with gravity. Yeah. And that means a lot more clarity, a lot more space. Usually it means like we're more connected to hearing our own intuition. You just have more resources available to you and you don't even have to take those resources and like immediately do something with it. It could just be replenishing yourself, right? So I think all of those things are factors that then lead into the second part of the question is like, how can it strengthen our sensitivity? Is that, yeah, I think all of that is really supportive for sensitivity, right? It's like, not only, like, I guess there's two pieces. One part of sensitivity is like, being able to sense maybe a little more of the unseen, hear what, pick up on what other people aren't picking up on, which requires clarity and space and also the energy to do so. And then also, as we've been talking about, the other piece of sensitivity is like being strong enough to do something with it, right? And not just being like plopped over whenever somebody comes by and like pushes on us. So I think also when we're in alignment, right, then we have the resilience to not be like blown around by life, but actually like be rooted and firm while also still soft and taking things in. That makes a lot of sense that if we are 
in alignment, if we're grounded, if we have a sense of who we are and boundaries around that, that then that opens up these doorways as these access points for us to feel more in an empowering way, in a way that helps guide our growth and direct us along an even more aligned path. I'm curious, just thinking about, so everyone listening, we have these things called centers and nine centers, right? Right, Victoria? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we have these centers and there are centers that are defined and undefined. And so it would take probably an hour or two to go through all the centers and all the details, or I'm sure we could spend days on it really. But I'd love to just talk about in general, when our centers are defined versus undefined, how does that on a kind of a broad level impact how we're affected in that area of life? Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So the centers in the chart uh, come from the chakra system and it's not exact right there's nine versus the traditional system has seven but right. each center has its own energy some of these create like energy to, to actually like work or you know willpower or emotions other centers are more around um like how we express ourselves or what we're instinctively picking up on so whichever whatever center it is if it's colored in it's called defined and in general that means you have consistent energy that you have access to. It's always a part of you. You're creating it all the time. I think of it like sun energy, like you're shining it out into the world. And then if you're white somewhere, it's where you're, you're it's either undefined or open. And that just means you can take in energy from what's around you externally. So sort of has a sort of empathic quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also where you can experience the full range of things, right? Because if you're open to it, then you can experience all the highs and lows or the infinite ways of expressing yourself. And because it's inconsistent, it's also that where we learn about the world, right? It's mm-hmm. like we get so much different experience there. So that's kind of at a high level, the, the difference. And so knowing that information about ourselves, how can we start to apply human design, our specific human design to the way that we show up in leadership as entrepreneurs, as mm. coaches and in business? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would think about defined places as you're going to affect people with your energy there. So for example, like Sarah, we can use your chart as an example. Like you have, you have a defined heart center, right? Because mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, that you have this strong will where it's like, if you want to do something, you're just going to go for it. Right. And if you're working with a lot of people have undefined heart centers. So you might realize then that when you are around them, they'll feel you have the capacity to empower others with your willpower energy. Mm -hmm. Right. So being aware of that, of like, oh, I could say, I love the way you do something and like totally give them this like little burst of energy or like, you know, a little charge or like they, somebody might not be believing in themselves and you'd be like, no, you, you can totally do it. Like, and that's going to, that energy is going to transform their day. P.S. I've totally <laughs> seen that. And I not, I haven't necessarily consciously made it a point to do those things, but I've absolutely felt guided to do those things and then seen the feedback that I receive in those moments. And it's yeah. so on point to what you just said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'll just add to that though, right? Like where, however we're exchanging energy, we can do it from like a high consciousness way or like a, more like a lower consciousness way. Right. And so, yeah, that's, that's all I'll say about that. I don't want to get too into it, but so that's, that's defined energy. Um, you're, you're, you're sending something out, right? If you're undefined, the exchange is more like you can take in what's happening and you can reflect it back. 
Mm-hmm. That's one way. Or like in the case of projectors, we can take it in and then we can also offer tweaks, right? It's like we take it in and then we alchemize it in some way. So mm-hmm. all projectors have an undefined or open sacral center. So this is the sacral center energy is all about life force energy. It's creating, it's building. This is what all generators and manifesting generators have defined. So it's like, you know, a like a lot of people um, will, will be generators and MGs and they know when they're doing something that they love, they're so excited by it, they could keep going, right? And so that's the energy that as a projector or reflector or manifester, you can actually kind of feel and take in. And then this is why projectors can be got, like are great at guides. It's one of our general purposes because we can take that in and then figure out like, how to make it a little better or like a little more efficient or something like that. What about with manifestation as well? I, f- I, f- I find that so many people are interested in manifestation and there's so many different different ways to manifest and so many different ways that manifestation is taught as well. And I'm curious how either you've been able to utilize this or how you may teach. I think that's how you, that was kind of your access point as well is learning how human design can affect our manifestation process. Yeah, totally. So there's a a few different ways to look at it within human design. The way in which I first found human design was specifically there's the, the bottom right If you're looking at your chart, the bottom right-hand corner arrow, if it's pointing to the left, you tend to be somebody who's going to do better when you manifest with a little more detail and like kind of having an idea of how it's going to go. Like what are the steps, being a little more specific, strategic, all these qualities are left-facing arrow qualities. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're going to the right, it's actually the opposite. So if your arrow is facing to the right, it's a little maybe different from what we have been taught with writing a list or goal setting or whatever, where instead of having needing to have a super clear idea, you can actually be a little more surrendered in the process. Mm. And so, for example, for myself, my arrow is going to the right. And so, uh, what's an example? Like, I'm actually moving soon. So, I had an idea of like what I wanted the place to look like, mm-hmm. but I didn't necessarily need to hold on to it so tightly. I was like, okay, here are these like 10 different things that would be nice. But actually, what came through was kind of different from what I had written down. And that's very like right facing, non specific. Mm-hmm. So, I think knowing that can be helpful because there's a lot of, there's so many different ways to manifest. And so, just knowing what, where in that spectrum you fall can be great. But the other piece is, is actually, I think zooming out, just knowing what your the basics of like your type and your strategy can also be really helpful. Because imagine, you know, yeah. if you're a generator and you're like, and then your strategy is to respond to life, and then you're manifesting, but you think you have to like really push and get after it, right? Or if you're a projector and you're like, I want to manifest a new business, and you're not necessarily recognizing the right invitations. Those are all different ways where we can trip we can trip ourselves up with our minds about how manifestation is quote supposed to look mm-hmm. versus even following the basics of your design. I think you naturally get better at manifesting because you're just a little you're just more in alignment. Have you found knowing your design shift anything for you around your manifestation practice? Yeah, definitely just knowing my type and my strategy on a higher level like you were just talking about as a projector to wait for the invitation. I've realized that whereas much of the world tells us to, you know, just go for it, do it, like take all the action and put yourself out there, that I am a much more potent manifester when I actually step back and I allow my natural magnetism to allow things to come to me and release the how, releasing the how. And I was just telling you before we started recording that I, because there are so many layers to human design, I've been slowly uncovering them in my own chart. And one of the 
layers that I've recently started to dive into is the incarnation cross. And I told you I have the right angle cross of planning four. And this affirmed that as well for manifestation because it said something along the lines of it's not about the how. And oh. I can get really, I can get really hung up and focused on the how, like how is this going to happen? Um, but as I understand that right angle cross of planning, it's that I'm meant to plan and, and for my community, for my family, but it's not about the specific how and the details. And it's more about like grounding down into the vision, at least as, as I understand it. And that makes a lot of sense in my manifestation process as well, that I am helping guide people there, but I don't have to have all the details. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because like for those that are maybe the concept incarnation cross is new, it, it really, it's just your four most important gates, right? Because there's lots of different gates, but it's if for those that are into astrology, it's your sun and earth gates. Mm-hmm. And for you, like, you know, some of your gates are around like what's best for the community and bringing your, your focus to things, but there's nothing say like there's no gate that's in the sacral center, for example, that's all about like actually building it. Right. Right. Um, or there's, um, well, I guess, so yeah, so, so that it's funny to always hear what part of their incarnation cross resonates because each yeah. gate is like, there's so much in it, but I was curious because part of it is, is also like being able to like hone in on focus on something and like hone in on the details. Do you feel like you're a, a detail oriented person? Yeah, I think I catch a lot of the details and this actually just reminds me of my husband and I last night we were in a natural like class two of four of our natural childbirthing class because I'm about seven months pregnant and I had a lot of feedback for how it could be improved and the way this class was hosted over zoom because I am zoomed into like the experience and the details of the experience that we had in that class and like I, I feel like I can just see how it could be better. My husband's like, Sarah, shh, like you do not, this is not the place to like be offering feedback, like in this, at least not in that moment. He was right. But yeah, I definitely see that. That's so funny. And actually quick correction, I misspoke. So, so this gate that we're talking about actually is in the sacral center, but you don't have a defined sacral center. So as a projector, it's like, you know, you're not here to like actually do all the things. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like I, I, and I guess, I know I'm not a manifester, so I hesitate to say like, hold the big vision because I know that's more of a manifester thing. But I feel like within my projector, there's still some energy of like that vision holding. Does that, is that? Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I think this is a good thing to dig into because this is, this goes back to, there's a similarity between this question and the empath thing we were talking about before. Okay. Because it's like, everybody has an idea of what vision means, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, anybody can have a vision or leadership. That's another thing I've been thinking about. Like any type can be a leader. It's just a different flavor within human design and human design uses some of the same words, but means it in a very specific way. So vision, right? Like a manifester having a vision of what they want to bring into the world Mm -hmm. is going to much, it's going to be much more about it doesn't exist at all in the world. And they're here to like chop a new path (laughs) through the forest, right? They're the one like with the machete, like hacking down the weeds. Whereas a projector can have a vision and like, you know, actually projectors and manifestors can work together really well because the manifestor can like hack down through the forest and the projector is like, and I have a vision and here's how I'm going to improve on the vision that was actually already exists or maybe Mm -hmm. is being birthed by a manifestor. Mm -hmm. Um, But anybody can have a vision. 
you know, it's not just, yeah, it's not just the manifesto. Just, it's just yeah. going to come through in a different way. Yeah. I love that you said that we can all be leaders too, because not only do I have a membership for empath leaders, but I've been talking a lot about leadership in recent interviews and just on the podcast in general. And I'm so on board with that. And that mm. the way in which we show up, act, our being, the way we embody leadership may just look slightly different depending on our type. Is that is that how you see mm-hmm. it as well? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because who's to say like, I want to, I'm trying to think of like a more grounded example. What's coming to mind is like the human design space, which, which I'm in, right? Like there are lots of different kinds of teachers. Some folks are manifestors and they're doing something. They have like their own offering that's kind of different. And then some folks are projectors and maybe they're really like guiding how people understand and learn in a different way. Right. So yeah, we can all absolutely be leaders. Yeah, we can still tap into that. So then I'm curious about, especially I I noticed you just said manifestors and projectors can work well together. And I have a collaboration coming up with a really dear friend who is a manifester Mm. and myself as a projector. And um, yeah, we're kind of just like feeling into like a taste of what that might be like so that we may actually partner in a larger capacity later this year. And I just think it's so interesting. I also have a team, you know, of of people who support me in in my business. And what is your insight on these different types working together? And when I, the way I've learned is that we all play a role, but is there any types that work especially well together? Mm, Yeah, so true. We all play a role. And I, everybody loves to ask like, yeah, is there a best combo um, both in business, but also, excuse me, a lot of time in partnership. And mm-hmm. I think it goes so much more complex than that. Like, yeah, we can make some generalities. Um, but even within projectors or, you know, any type, it's like, what's your profile? Um, what gates do you have? What centers do you have defined or undefined? So I think um, I really hesitate to, I don't think there's any combination that's like the best, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Also, because beyond the chart, there's also who are you as a person? What experiences have you gone through? What are you seeking right now? Like, yeah, you know, all that stuff. So it's really just looking at like, what is the what is the combination or what are the two charts coming together? And then being aware of how your energy affects each other and then being able to communicate about it. So in the case of projector and manifestor, right? Off the top of my head, I'm starting to think about like, okay, cool. The manifestor is going to bring this energy that's going to be able to move through things, direct things, and maybe unblock things in a very different way. Mm-hmm. Um, the projector is going to maybe be able to see, okay, cool. Like here's how the energy is moving. Now, how do we want to guide it and direct it mm-hmm. um, in terms of pace? I'm like, okay, both are non-sacrals. So that's, that's cool. Right. But when the man, and when the, when the manifestor is having those big creative urges, does she have the freedom and flexibility to just go for it? And how can the projector support that? Mm-hmm. Um, just the, what is the pace of the projector? And I'd want to look at like what centers, what motor centers they have defined. Um, mm-hmm. Like in your case, you have your emotional waves, you have your, your heart center willpower. So mm-hmm. there might be like some ebbs and flows to how you work too. Mm-hmm. Like if you're in a higher or low, what is the effect of your heart energy on the manifestor? If they're defined or undefined, what else? For a lot of times, people who work with manifestors might feel a little bit, if the manifestor hasn't completely, if they're not great at informing, right? Right. Sometimes other people feel left out. So it's like developing the communication there around like, hey, what are you thinking? What are you up to? Like totally mm-hmm. support what you're doing. Don't want to hold you back, but just kind of being like, you know, let me know so I can get on board mm-hmm. or be involved in whatever way makes sense. Yeah. So those are some high level things. 
Yeah. Thank you for offering because it is so specific. I know it's probably hard to answer, but thank you for offering that up. And I just think that, I mean, it'd be interesting to come in and and have somebody like yourself be able to like consult on the different types of people I do have in my life and all of our specific charts, including my husband. He's a generator. As far as I can tell, I'm pretty sure I got his birth time right. So he's definitely seems like a generator. (laughs) And it's interesting even just in our relationship to see how much he holds this sustainable energy and I do, do not. And so how sometimes I like feed off of his sustainable energy and other times I'm like, oh, I cannot keep up with you. So I'm curious as a fellow projector, how you've seen that play out in um, especially like partnerships or romantic relationships. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, does your, does does your husband know much about his human design? Is he aware of it or Okay. No. So he's just doing his thing and you're like, you're observing I'm it all. I'm just observing with all of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I ask because, I mean, that's totally fine. There's a lot of people where it's like one person is so into human design and the other doesn't care at all. Yeah. Um, how have I seen it play out? I mean, definitely what you just described. And in my last relationship, um, I was with a manifesting generator. So I've mm-hmm. definitely been around that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like what you can be aware of and control within yourself, right? And then there's like the communication piece. And I don't think it's ever about forcing somebody else to like get into human design, right? right? The best way we can maybe get people interested is just to embody it ourselves. So Mm -hmm. uh, let me think for a sec, just gathering different pieces. Yeah. So well, you I, just it, you, Sorry, you just sparked an idea in my brain too, which is that the communication piece, I don't know that he's ever going to dive deep into his mm-hmm. human design, but I am fascinated by it. And I understand somewhat, you know, him. And then certainly I'm starting to understand myself on a deeper level. And so part of it has been helping him understand and creating boundaries and just expressing my needs of when, for example, I can't keep up with his energy and I need to take the break because I used to hold myself into this high expectation of needing to keep up with him. And when I can just say what my needs are, everything is just so much smoother and better and in more flow because he can can honor that. But if I don't say it, he doesn't know that about me. Yes, so true. And actually this, there's a tie in here to the empath piece, right? Because Mm. Human design often gives us a language to describe what we're feeling, but we don't feel like we can say that's okay, right? It's like, oh, I I feel like I'm too sensitive, so I'm not going to give myself like a break right now. Or in the case of projector generator, it's like, oh, I feel like maybe I'm tired, but everybody else seems to keep going. So like, maybe I should, but now we can say, oh, I don't have a sacral center defined. I'm trying to keep up, but it's actually because I feel this jittery energy, which is just my undefined sacral amplifying things, probably. I need to give myself self-time to wind down. So I think it helps open up self-acceptance, knowing a little bit about your design and then the language to communicate needs as you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like when it's flipped, so like sometimes I've, I've worked with generators that are into human design, but their partner's the projector and they're like, I see my projector partner try to like do more by hanging out around me and like get a hit of that energy. And so for the generators that are listening um, or people who know generators and want to have this conversation, like I think sometimes generators and MGs don't realize how much they can change the world by just living their life because 70% of the population, you are creating everything the rest of the world does, right? Like imagine if all the generators decided tomorrow that like nine to five didn't work for them. And, (laughs) you know, like, oh my gosh, we would all just like take it a lot more easy. Um, So, so also like setting the tone 
in a relationship there for the generator can help with the dynamic too. Yeah. Like if you notice your projector partner's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, a little spazzed out. Mm, that makes so much sense. So clearly there's so many details to unpack within human design that the way I see it is that it requires you to not just pull up your free chart online and and like, first of all, that's probably not going to make a ton of sense. Like you really do need the support and the guidance and commitment to understanding what all this means to be able to then, I think, take that information and apply it in an empowering way. So I'm curious, Victoria, where do you suggest people start on this journey? If, if parts of this conversation have like piqued their interest or they, you know, know some of the basics around their type and their, maybe their authority or something, where would you suggest they start? And then where do they go from there? Yeah. So the best way to get into your human design, I think is to, cause there's so much, right? So first yeah. it's to not get overwhelmed. Um, there's a ton of resources out there around just digging into your type strategy and authority. Um, there's so many people on Instagram, myself included, that are always just kind of sharing little tidbits. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to go deeper, there's a few different routes. I think um, there's the kind of person who's like, I just want to study it on my own, in which case you can, you can buy, there's like one book written by the founder that's on Amazon. That's kind mm-hmm. of like, the, the Bible of human design. Um, or you can get a reading for the kind of person that's like, I don't want to, like, this is all really confusing mm-hmm. and abstract. Like, just tell me about me. And I think getting a reading is such a beautiful way to see yourself reflected back in this like cohesive story. Mm-hmm. And then for those that, I guess, going back to the self-study or people who want to work with the system more, I have a course that teaches you about human design kind of like as a foundation, if you want to work with it as a coach to interpret charts, to support the people in your life um, in a much more digestible language than you might get in, in the book or some of the other older resources out there. Yeah, that's really helpful. And I was just reflecting on my own entryway into human design. And it's actually really similar to what you just suggested. I got a friend told me about this thing called human design. And I thought, huh, that sounds interesting. And I booked a, I think it was like a 90 minute uh, reading and did felt, it felt very validating, like this reflection back of who I, I was being seen for who I really was. And then I purchased several books, dove into them. I was like, this is a lot. There's a lot of things here. And so then I started investing in some more courses that were very specific to projector energy because I wanted to understand myself. And now I feel like I've sort of expanded into then understanding all the types and some of the more details so that as a business coach, as somebody who trains coaches, I can also use it to help guide my clients, which is, it's yes. so helpful in that way. Like being yes. able to know what your clients are and all the different unique parts of them to help guide them in a way that's not just the way that you are and instead customizing that approach. So my entryway has actually taken a a similar path and the patience I think is super, super key and just being patient and that you don't have to figure it all out overnight. Yeah. Well, and I love what you said because it's really why I created the program that I have, the HD coaching cert, because to really support other people, it's like, yeah, you might be totally different from me, but if I know how your energy works, my ultimate goal is to empower you to listen to your own intuition, to your own authority, follow your strategy. And 
another piece that I didn't mention is like seeing other people's design in action is actually what helps bring to life like all of this human design information because you're learning a new language. So it's like, yeah, we can like read all of the books and all those things and that's a good place to start. But it really, I think, takes it to the next level when I can see you know, the manifester that's telling me about like the creative urge where they were like, I have to drop everything and buy a boat and like whatever, right? <laughs> um, and you're just, and being able to like, to get it, to see yeah. it in a human and then say, okay, now I get how to support my manifestor client or projector client or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this so, is what this actually, you're witnessing what that actually looks like for them mm-hmm. in their life. And then deepening like, oh, so that's what I'm not right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, that's what it means for me to, to hold a vision, for example, but not in a manifestor way, in a projector way. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they are. Now that you brought that up and the, that word vision that I was kind of struggling with before, it's more clear to me already how that vision is just kind of interpreted in a different way in a manifestor versus myself as a projector. And that, again, is so helpful. And it's just something that I love to continue to peel back all these layers of it and just continue to understand it more and more and more and use it as one framework because it's certainly not the only framework in which to live our lives. You know, there's the Myers-Briggs test and there's our like, I mean, there's connection to astrology with human design for sure, but then there's like our astrological science and all these different other ways to, or frameworks in which to see our life. But I do feel like human design goes so in depth and really helps us build a foundation for alignment so that we're working with versus like against our innate ability, our flow, our just who we are uh, um, Mm -hmm. innately. So good. Okay. So is there anything else that you feel like we missed out or or didn't mention that you really want to bring to the surface today? And also I would just love for you to invite people to connect with you deeper in whatever way feels most aligned for you. Yeah. Well, I feel like I feel like there's always more we could talk about, so I'm not going <laughs> to add anything to the list. But um, if anybody you know has listened to this and they're like, I want to know more about my own design, um, I do readings. And for those that are, I'm sure you have a lot of coaches and entrepreneurs um, who want to go deeper. I, I think by the time this comes out, the next round of my HD coaching cert program will already be running, but you can get on the wait list for the following round because I like to do it live. Um, and then have that container where we're talking and sharing experiences. So yeah, I'll send you all the, we'll post all the links for that Mm -hmm. too. And then I'm on Instagram as well for those that want to just follow along and keep learning. Yeah. And I do think you mentioned that before. I just want to bring it back up that even just following some accounts that teach and provide these really digestible tidbits on human design can be a great starting point to just, again, understand yourself. Maybe you stay with just understanding yourself. Maybe you expand out to understanding the other people in your life or using it with your clients, so on and so forth. But I do feel like those, like you do on your account, those little tidbits that are really digestible and easy to understand is even just a great place to dip your toes in and then figure out how, if you want to like dive in head first or how far you want to go down into it because there are so many layers. So thank you. We will link all of those things in the show notes. And I so, so, so appreciate your time today. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Uncensored Empath Podcast. I would so appreciate if you could take a couple minutes to rate, review, and subscribe. And if you've loved this episode, please share it on social media, tag me, let your friends know about it, and I will see you on the next episode.